Hi everyone, I hope you guys are all out there trying to stay positive in this crazy coronavirus world that's going on right now. I feel like people are off their rocker. Oh my gosh. I mean, and who would blame them? I'm, I have a hard time sitting still and maybe it's actually really good that this is challenging me to take a moment and relax for a moment and, you know, come to terms with staying at home and being with my family and just enjoying things, um, which we don't get to enjoy very often. So just please just enjoy yourself. And I saw some kiddos running around outside playing tennis for the first time in a long time. I have not seen a tennis court speed court being used unless it was a professional and I don't know how long. And you know, there was something that made me happy about that. Also, I saw some people playing basketball and you know, as long as it's not a big group of people and <clears throat> you guys are being safe and you know you're not sick have fun I think tomorrow I'm gonna go ride my bike or something um I'm really you know I'm I think I'm need to reevaluate my feelings on this pole being stuck thing um but anyways welcome to the Hap follow your happy podcast my name is Beth Dara um and it was brought to you by Nuvo. Uh, Nuvo is such an amazing company that has done so much for artists over the years and um, our community and businesses and companies. And I just so appreciate them allowing me the opportunity to use my voice. And yeah, so if you are inclined to donate, please hit that donate button and donate to artists and Nuvo. And I promise you it goes to our writers and... Um, they are so, so nice to us. Um, but anyways, I, this first episode, we are in our, it's me and Charlie Clark. Charlie Clark is the art director of Nouveau, um, or at least was, he just got a new job. So I'm not sure exactly where they're going to go with all of this. Um, but I'm so excited for him. I'm super happy. He's such a great friend to me and, um, he, he, put together this video and um, he's expanded my mind and the way I look at life and he challenges me and um, I super appreciate our, our relationship that we have and um, I just really appreciate him as a person and yeah but anyways so Charlie met um, the Belinda Butchers back in the day um, on MySpace funny enough he was such a huge fanboy for these guys, and he went to all his shows, and you'll see that in the podcast. But So the Belinda Butchers are an American band. They were formed in 2008 in San Francisco. It's led by Michael Kepsky, um, and that's who we interviewed. But they take their name from My Bloody Valentine guitarist and early inspiration Belinda Butcher. Um, <clears throat> I had never, honestly, had never listened to My Bloody Valentine before, or The Belinda Butchers, and when Charlie showed them both to me, now I listen to them all the time. It is so therapeutic listening to them, just, I don't know, driving, I live up in the middle of nowhere, and so driving from the middle of nowhere down to Indy, it's just, oh my gosh, it just allows me to take a breath of fresh air for a second, but anyways... Um, the Belinda Butchers, their upcoming record, Night Blur, is being released on May 8th by Zoom Lens. 
And it has a completely new sound. It's self-described on their website as taking musical cues from the 90s, infused with drum and bass and trip hop, trip hop, yet never entirely leaving the roots of dream pop. We welcome you to the world of the Belinda Butchers. And you know what? I am so, I, I think it's so great that they took a new direction um, with their band. Sometimes it's hard as a person to really put our own feelings and our thoughts um, to the wayside a little bit, or not even to the wayside, but adjust and look at the world around us and see what the world needs and provide that. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of a new direction to do that. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited to share this podcast with you guys or this episode with you guys. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy it. But this um, podcast that I'm starting, um, <clears throat> I'm wanting to talk about the importance of life and loving those around us, no matter how different they may be. It's hard. It's so hard to expand what is normal in our own thoughts and opinions, but we are all people in the end, and if we don't join forces, then where will that lead us? Creative people have always been the driving force for our economy. They drive technology during times of war. Why aren't we taking the time to listen? I mean, hello, wake up. It's bigger than this moment right now and bigger than you and me. When you put your heart on the line and drive past public opinion, people can make beautiful things. It goes back to what Louis Nazar said. He said, He who works with his hands is a laborer. He who works with his hands and his head is a craftsman. He who works with his hands, his head, and his heart is an artist. I challenge you during this podcast to listen. Listen to the people who put their whole heart into what they create. If you do, you'll grow in ways you'll never foresee. Support the arts. Beautiful things will stem from it. I promise you. I hope you enjoy. That I don't have to wear headphones. Do, do you hear like a, um, what's it called? Feedback? So this is for Nuvo. Correct. Right? I see the hat. <laughs> well, I know, yeah, I mean, Beth, I, I've known Charlie for a really long time now, and we've like worked on a few different projects, a website mainly, and we've talked and stuff. But it seems like almost every single time we talk, you're working on like a different project. Who me? Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm always working on something, man. Yeah. Like, so many. Exactly. Really honored to have an opportunity to do this. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. yeah so we, what we did was we put like a whole little um, list of. I don't know, questions to ask you guys about like what was going to happen with this record and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Like, I what, Like maybe what you're expecting out of it, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm more than happy to, <laughs> I don't know if my, my, my answers are going to be that interesting, but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to try. <laughs> All right. Well, I was going to let Beth get, uh, do the, the shooting. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And thank you, Beth, for, for doing this yeah, and for your yeah. interest and for your kind words. I'm, I'm honored. Well, it's really I'm nice. So what I've been doing with Nuvo is I want to start a podcast where I'm interviewing artists, um, companies who are helping um, wow. artists succeed in the world because it's not easy for artists. It's expensive having the funding to be able to do all that stuff. Um, sure. so I want to talk about two people in the beginning stages and then also people who have been doing this for a long time like you. 
Um, yeah, not, God, it's yeah, right? it's 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 weird to say, but I. Yeah, I mean, I've I have been doing this for like ten years now, which is like really weird. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, it's weird to even think that I'm kind of like a veteran, but uh, I guess I guess it's true. I can't. <laughs> I can't yeah, well, I'd be. I'm again. I'm more than happy to help. That sounds really exciting. Yeah. So um, I guess what well, some of our questions are like, you started off in San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, like, why did, what happened with the move? Like, how did you guys decide to move where you're living or like at now? And like, do you miss it? Do you... San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I grew up in the Bay area and lived in San Francisco for like four years. And I lived in Oakland, which I don't know if you've ever been in the Bay area, but just across the water, um, for like five years. And during that time, I guess I was kind of part of the scene there. Um, I don't uh, maybe, maybe not so much. I mean, sort of. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're kind of, Adam and I, my, my bandmate, we're kind of like recluses. And yeah, I mean, we played like one show when you were living there, I think, Charlie, or maybe two. Oh, no, you played a bunch, man. When Did I? I? <laughs> saw you guys. Like, I first saw you in the art show. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Like, and then you yeah, guys too. played um, the rickshaw stop and then the hemi... Uh, Oh, Hemlock, yeah. Hemlock, yeah, quite a yeah. bit. Oh, okay, I guess we did. <laughs> I don't remember all that time all that well. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I like lived there for a super long time, and um, I I don't know. I guess like any other kid, just really wanted to leave and get out. And I, I think um, with San Francisco's sort of cultural climate changing a lot with like tech and stuff like that, I... Uh, don't have anything personally against it, but I eventually at, at some point I started to realize that like a lot of my friends had left mm-hmm. and um, it was kind of harder to meet new people that I sort of got along with and had a lot of like similar interests mm-hmm. um, with. So a lot of my friends moved to New York, some of them moved to LA. And when sort of like deciding whether or not, um, well, my, my wife is from LA okay. and we were thinking about moving there because her family is there, but we were like, well, if we were ever going to move to New York, maybe maybe now is like the time to try it. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We like we went on tour and we went to um, we did like a really big Asia tour. We were gone for like a month and I had decided to move like literally, I think, like two weeks before we left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. So yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I like moved all my stuff to my friend's house and then like literally the day after I like flew back, we like packed everything and then moved. So it was a really like it was a really weird experience because we were like, yeah, I was gone. But I mean, like I said, I I mean, I was really over it. I I, at that point, I like hated San Francisco so much. I don't hate it now, but (laughs) just like. Didn't want to be there so badly that I was like, I didn't look back at all. I was just like ready to leave. So I, yeah, I moved to New York and and some friends here and I have some musician friends here too. And um, it's been really, really nice. However, I do, I do miss San Francisco a lot. And I have, I have had an opportunity to go back, but it's, it's changed a lot. I don't know if you have Charlie, but I it's been back since 2015. I think you'd be in shock to see what it's like. Because, I, yeah, I had been gone for, I think, maybe, like, eight months. And yeah, I was like, yeah. whoa. It's way... I mean, it's, like, it's just progressing so quickly. Because it's a super small city. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like happen really fast. You bump into the same people in the bar every day. And it's like, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
I don't know. You know, I think for me, it was just kind of like time to leave and time to do something different. And the sad thing is that I think when I left, it was like kind of a very real. Well, I made the realization that I was like, I'm never going to live here again. I mean, yeah. unless like my income is crazy, which I, I don't foresee that it will. Be. <laughs> but were, uh, were you the yeah, first it's, it's a little Oh, I'm sorry. Can you say again? Were you the first person to leave in, uh, like, your band of the blend of the Yeah, team? so um, it's actually kind of a weird setup. I, I started the band with my friend Adam when we were, we met in middle school, and we started when we were, like, 16 or something, and um, then through the years, like, other people sort of came in and out, and um, Adam still lives in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, and cool. my friend Lucas, who I met in college, who is our bass player and like kind of produces um, everything, he lives in Seattle. And then we had a drummer who Charlie met. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, who is from the Bay Area, but he left. And then we brought on um, Rock Lowry, and he he was the drummer for for a band called Craft Spells. Oh yeah, and yeah. Yeah, met him when we were on tour with them. And uh, became like really, really close friends. And Craspell sort of like slowed down a little bit. And we were looking for a drummer. And when we went on tour, uh, we asked him. It worked out really, really nicely. And we all got along. So we asked him to join. So he's in Seattle too. The two oh, of the no. guys are in Adams in San Francisco, and then I'm in New York. But it's, it's, it's kind of weird because um, even when we were close, like when I was in San Francisco. Um, I was kind of doing everything sort of on my own anyway. So, like, we've never really been, um, like, we don't practice. We never had a practice space. We never really, like, got together. We would practice, like, a week before we had a tour. We've been, like, incredibly blessed and, like, lucky and privileged to be sort of at this level where we never really have to, like, play shows really often. Like, we put out music, did, like, pay enough that we got offers to like, on tour and do sort of long so um because of that when something came up like going to asia or we did the, the tour of north america with crass bells we just like got everybody together really quickly for one week eight hours like just all you know just all day sitting there and practicing and practicing and practicing and then we would just go which is not ideal but that's just kind of what we did <laughs> you, you, i mean we you obviously have like a huge asian like you have a big presence presence in asian countries um, and like we've watched a couple of your interviews where you said that you like played video, used to play video games when you were a kid, and watch a lot of documentaries, and you have a lot of influences and stuff. Like, well, like in your music, we like you even some sample. What, what is it? Wong Wai. Yeah, yeah, soundtrack and stuff. Like, how yeah. how does that like where did that stem from? Like, where was your? <clears throat> I don't know. You getting into yeah. That. Sure. I I mean, it's yeah, it's really embarrassing to talk about. It. I think especially now that I'm like much older, because I, when I mean, you know, kids. I think kids are kind of, uh, I don't know, just kind of dumb. And I I feel so embarrassed for like the interviews that I did when I was younger, because I just like I look back and I'm like, oh my god, why? You, did you I say stuff we're like great that? interviews though. That's like they're personable. They're, I don't know. Thank you. I, yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. I but I I I mean. When I was a kid, I think like many kids growing up in the United States, like I um, 
you know, was really into like anime and would watch Cartoon Network and would play video games. And um, I don't know, you know, I think for a lot of kids, the, it's it's an escape in some way. And um, yeah, my my life has continually just nonstop revolved around Japan specifically. And and um, not that I want to run away with run away from it, but uh, even if I really wanted to, it just doesn't because I my my day job rolls around Japan and um, my wife is Japanese and I I don't know I, I it's it's a, a big part of my life now and um, when I was younger it, was, it started like that movies music Adam and I were really into Japanese music when we were younger just kind of like surfing the internet and like finding stuff and making friends in Japan um, which is kind of how Charlie and I know each other yeah. a little bit um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of always been there. I and like I worked for a Japanese toy store in the Bay Area, and um, yeah, it's always it's always been present. I I wish I had like a really good answer. It's just kind of yeah been part of my life and never really left. And um, I mean, I'm really grateful, and um, I've been studying Japanese for a long time, so I've been able to kind of like learn more about the culture and have been there several times. Um, in terms of like just Asia in general and like our fan base there, it was it was really like weird and and most of our fan base is in mainland China. Yeah. Um, and it was really weird. Like, actually, we we were sort of considering kind of slowing down or maybe even quitting the band because um, we were. I mean, we were kind of getting older and we were sort of drifting apart a little bit. Adam was doing his thing. The other guys were in Seattle and so on and so forth and. We got an email out of nowhere uh, from a booking agent in mainland China, and she was like, "Hey, uh, do you want to come here? Like, we'll pay for everything, and you know, you can go to mainland China for a month." And we were like, "You know, spam! Like, this is, <laughs> you know, there's no way that this is real." Um, and then, like, over the course of like two or three months, we did like a bunch of fact checking and talked to a bunch of people, um, and it turned out to be like real. And we were like, "Okay, so." We got prepared and we went and we like had really, I don't know, not low expectations. But we just we had no idea what to think because you know we just don't really know anything about mainland China and um, we went and the shows were just like crazy. I mean, it was like you know sold out and like really really big and we were like, what is going on here? Like, how do people even know about us? And I mean, I think it's yeah, it's like the internet. I think um, you know. The youth in China, they, I mean, they're as hungry for culture and music and, you know, as any, any other place in the world. And I think they just have a very different um, setup in terms of how they consume it. They have their own social media sites. They have their own, like, streaming platforms and stuff like that that are not really parallel to what we have in the States or in other countries. So they're as big but sort of live independently from one, one another. So you don't really, like, there's no cross contamination in terms of like streams i think it's it's a lot less less so that way now because i think um yeah more like there's just more stuff going on the chinese artists are getting really really big like 88 rising and stuff and i think it's becoming a lot more um i don't know there's more overlap but anyway um, I mean, after going to Asia and after that tour, it was like, I don't know, super eye-opening. And I've been a huge fan of Wong Kar Wai for a really long time. Like, I love his movies and um, yeah, big awesome. for music for me. Um, sorry, I know this is a super long-winded question, but or answer, but yeah, it's, I, it's always been there. And it's through, you know, my, like, 
being blessed and, and having all these great opportunities, it's just been able to grow um, my appreciation for all that stuff. Yeah. Let me um, backtrack into this. So with the upcoming like record, yeah, and, um, the, the whole like changes of the style of music that you're going to like, you know, I was reading from your website alone. It says like '90s house drum and bass to trip hop, but you yeah. know, still kind of you know keeping that dream pop origins in there. What made you really move into this new direction of um, you know like the dance and the trip hop beats and stuff? Sure. Um, well, the the record sort of focuses, I guess, narratively like on the first time we went to Asia because it was just like I said, it was such a weird experience for us to kind of feel relatively like you know just completely unknown in the states and then go there and have like a really you know nice and welcoming response so that tour was like i don't know um a lot of ups and downs a lot of new experiences and it was really crazy and that was i mean that was like four years ago which um i mean yeah we don't have a really great (laughs) great track record in terms of like releasing stuff Mm -hmm. consistently we like our last record came out in 2014 and before that, I don't that even know heaven, how long. I mean, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, Heaven came out in 2014, and I mean, it's just been staggered like that. I, I guess I don't know. I'm I'm pretty slow at, at doing stuff, and I, I I think maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that um I I try to I I like the idea of a concept album, and I like thinking about things like you know I write songs that are I I feel are kind of connected. So anyway, it takes me a long time, but um. <laughs> from that experience <laughs> you, know, you know our my music i mean I, you know everybody's music taste kind of changes and uh over that period of four or five years like i my my bandmate lucas he's um i met him in college and he's like a um, a happy hardcore like producer and dj yeah. and he's really into like rave music and techno and and drum and bass and stuff like that so and our and our former drummer ryan was really into electronic music too yeah. and i think it was just kind of you know everybody talking about music all the time and sort of showing each other new stuff and then yeah when we came back i got really into house and there was the kind of this movement of lo-fi house in the yeah. states that was happening i got really into because it was a lot of like Sort of, I mean, just lo-fi in general, but using sort of house themes. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And um, yeah, drum, bass, and techno and all that stuff. So I, I started getting really into it. And I got super into um, the, the, the last two records of, of Everything But The Girl, Temperamental. And um, I can't remember the other one. I feel ashamed for not knowing. But anyway, this indie band from the UK. What, what's the name of them again? Everything But The Girl. Everything about the girl. I'm they 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 did a really famous song called "Missing," which I'm sure if you heard it, you would know it in okay. a second. It was like all over the radio. But anyway, they they were kind of like a twee band, um, just like guitar, you know, indie stuff. And then the last two records that they did were just like completely electronic, which is like a total shift. And um, it was cool because I for me as sort of a novice with with electronic music, it was the first time I'd heard a band that was sort of doing like kind of singer songwriter music, but with super electronic like instrumentation. And I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Cause like, I always kind of like this music aside from the rated department, the rated department kind of does that too, yeah. but maybe a little less, less so than those two records. But um, yeah, it was the first time that I was like, Whoa, you can do that. And it like works and it sounds really cool. Like it's not just electronic music. It's like, these are great songs. Yeah. Uh, 
And after that, I was just like totally, yeah, I was totally inspired to do something really similar. So I think those two records were kind of the the main influence and, you know, the trip to Asia. Um, so, yeah, I just, I wanted to try to bring, because Adam and I, we've, we grew up playing guitar and just like writing songs together on guitar. And I wanted to see what it would be like to basically start writing songs on guitar, go to the computer and do it electronic yeah, and yeah. Do it sound like, I don't That's know if we, <laughs> we did a good job, but you know, so we, we did. <laughs> How did this happen when, how did you guys get mixed up with the Zoom lens? I forgot because I, I saw that, was Lover Suicide produced or um, released? We put, it out, we put it out on Zoom lens. Yeah, so um, the guy who founded Zoom lens, uh, I've known him like since we were kids and he's oh. out of LA. Yeah. yeah, so, and actually there, there was a relatively short period of time that I like co-ran the label with him because he does it by himself and... Um, at the time, I I was just I really liked it. I thought the project was really cool, and I I thought the artists that he wanted to sign were, were really cool. And um, so yeah, there I, for about a year or two, I was like helping out with like I don't know just various logistical stuff and design and stuff like that. But anyway, we've remained friends, you know, ever since then. And um, when we were doing this record, actually, so he, he the guy who runs it, he goes <laughs> under the name of Meishi Smile. That's oh, yeah, his, yeah, like. Yeah. Artist moniker, yeah, and it was really funny because similarly, like when we were touring in Asia, he was living in Japan for like six months, and um, when when we sort of came back and we were reflecting on it, we were talking about it and reflecting on our experiences, he was like, "Yeah, like I felt the same way. Like we kind of had this like kindred experience without you know like being close to each other or seeing each other and." Um, we like we're you know thinking about what we wanted to do with the record. I I like just wanted to put it out, or we some people wanted to shop it around and stuff. And Garrett, or I mean, um, Macy Smile and I, we like we were talking, and he was just like, yeah, like you know, if you want to do it, like we should just do it together. And I was like, yeah, like I I would really really like that. So I it was kind of um, I don't know, it just sort of happened naturally, and um, yeah, I I feel blessed to have him like on the team and doing it because he uh, brings a perspective to doing all of this that I don't think any of us have. So yeah, we're, I mean, yeah, very thankful. I think the weird part for me, I better, we, we've been friends with him for so long and I, I don't think that he has like a specific guideline as to who he works with. I think he just feels really passionate about certain artists, but I think that's like, I don't want to speak for him, obviously, but I know that that's really important for him. And I think that a lot of people associate the label with that kind of like, you know, narrative and, um, you know, creed, I guess. Right. Or like just bringing in the Asian influence into the, the you know, like whatever coast you live on, basically, because, you know, there's a lot of Asian population out there, too. So, yeah, exactly. Know, half Asian, so, you know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, and he's I mean, he's put out artists from Japan, China, the Philippines and artists of Asian descent in the States as well. So, yeah, yeah it's it's really important, I think. That's cool, man. I'm really excited to see because you gave me like you gave us me the sample of what um, night night blur. Um, yeah. yeah, like six months yeah. ago. Months ago. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, like the like unmastered version of it. Yeah, yeah. So now, like, seeing that when you guys are doing those little interviews, you and Adam, when you're, like, in interviewing each other on um, Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 
it's really fun. I I mean, I don't know if you guys are really asking about that, but I, I will just say, like, um, I think for me at this point in my life, and as as I guess I I would call myself an artist or a musician because I've been doing it for so long, I um, my expectations for like, I mean, I don't know. I I don't really expect you know people to like listen to my music, and if they do and they like it, I feel so grateful because you know it's just really nice and i don't you know expect anything from it and i think similarly like in the past when i was younger i was kind of like all right well you know we have stuff we got to put it out we got to like try to get interviews we got to try to get reviews we got to try this and that and i think for me it's very difficult for me to put myself into that mindset of like sort of changing you know just kind of going into like business mode a little bit like we have to you know we got to promote now and it's like constantly push stuff to like social media and all that stuff yeah i have a hard time with that too (laughs) oh you cut off sorry oh you cut off for a second (laughs) yeah i think it's kind of counterintuitive um because it's like you know you get in this like very artistic mindset and then all of a sudden it's like just the complete opposite and i yeah i mean i struggle like it's it's really really difficult for me so because of that i was like well you know maybe there are like five people out there that like really care about the backstory to like these songs you know and and because you know adam is in san francisco and i'm in new york we we don't really get many opportunities to like catch up and talk anymore just over the phone so i was like yeah like and when we do we usually play smash because that's super smash brothers because that's like what we did when we were kids Mm-hmm. Um, we'd like get together and just play and like catch up and like, you know, vent or, you know, whatever it is. And, um, yeah, so I was like, you know, we're going to do this anyway. Why don't we just like record it and talk about the record? Cause that's like what's going on. And, you know, maybe some people will like it and it'll be fun. And the cool thing, it's been, it's been really fun for us. Um, yeah. because it, it's, you know, you don't feel like you have to like talk about anything specifically or like. You know, I, I mean, I, I love the opportunity to do interviews. Like, I'm, I'm so grateful to do something like this. But sometimes it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, it feels like I have a hard time talking about myself, I guess. Like, I, you oh, know, yeah. I, I'm like, who, who cares, like, what, what I have to think? Like, I don't know <laughs> if anybody really gives a shit. Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, the, doing those, like, little episodes has, has been fun. And I, I mean, you know, they're there, like nobody has to watch them, but if somebody wants to, you know, and cares about like learning more that well, you, you pretty much talked me into getting a hanky. Um, so I, my question to you about these hankies, how many hankies do you carry around and how often do you wash them? Because if I'm going to get one, I need to know the logistics of it. <laughs> well, I think it's like, like any other sort of, piece of clothing i i mean um, <laughs> um but yeah so anyway the doing those like little episodes has has been fun and i i mean you know they're there like nobody has to watch them but if somebody wants to you know and cares about like learning more of it well you you pretty much talked me into getting a hanky um so my question to you about these hankies how many hankies do you carry around and how often do you wash them because if I'm going to get one, I need to know the logistics of it. <laughs> well, I think it's like like any other sort of piece of clothing. I, I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I, I have a I have a lot, um, and I'm very proud to say that I'm not embarrassed at all. <laughs> I, I it's sort of become like almost like a collection thing, and I know I, I don't know how long it's been, Charlie, since you've been to Japan, but I I think as you know, like people use like handkerchiefs oh, yeah, there. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's a huge thing, and it's really nice too because. 
um, they're great like souvenirs, you know, they're, I mean, they're super portable, like you can fold it and like, I mean, they look beautiful. They're like super nice. And, um, yeah, just, it's so utilitarian and artistic. Like it's, I, I really wish it would just like sweep, you know, over America and like, it would be a really big thing here. Cause I was contacted by a animator who works for like a bigger studio in mm-hmm. Indonesia okay. and yeah about about maybe I don't know maybe even even like a year ago and um, at the time I was working with another artist to do the cover art um, mm-hmm. for the record and um, I had sort of begun thinking about the concept of this album and how I really wanted it to be like um, sort of like the gorillas kind of these avatars and you know kind of create this world of these characters like doing different things and living out the story and um this animator contacted me and it kind of just i don't know didn't really go anywhere and then all of a sudden he was like hey i'm i want to do something for you like let's just let's just do this let's just make it happen and i was like all right cool so we started working with him doing like just small things like um well, one of my ideas was doing a lyric video for every single song on the record. So doing like shooting. So there's one video out right now for the song called Sia, which is like a time lapse of my friend and I driving around in New York with this oh, character. Yeah, yeah. The, the background like moving constantly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I had this idea and I was like, hey, like, what do you think about doing this? And he was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then just through that, I mean, it just completely i mean to be completely honest he's almost like another member of this whole project because his sort of you know his ideas and all the creativity he put into it really just pushed it to a completely another another level so we have like we have a video for every single song on the record that is like similar to that um and then he's actually doing um some other stuff for and then he did the cover art for us also yeah. in lieu of that um we're planning a u.s tour right oh, now so indie? Uh, sorry so you're coming to indie i got i hope so yeah i i, I don't know why I'll, I'll mention it though for sure cool. yeah because i was on your website and it says like on your little um box for upcoming tour dates it has the um ask to plan your city really you little button. yeah yeah but ask to play in your city oh ask to play your city yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right and then I, I was like i kept hitting the button trying to think like i was just gonna like bombard you with like hey. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll do that and then i'll yeah i'll send it to the agent and make sure that we come by i mean i would i would love to and i mean charlie knows like i i've you know he's been asking like when we're going to tour again for years now and i'm like well you know as soon as we do it like we'll we'll make sure to stop by and go to indiana so kind. Thank you so much. I, your enthusiasm is is so so oh, much appre- it's so appreciated. Well, my first the first album that I fell in love with was your first one, the Regret Love. Guilt. Regret Love Guilt Dreams. Yeah, just Thank like you. beautiful. And then you, I started going into Goodbyes, and I was just like, oh my gosh, they're so good. Oh, th- yeah. Thank you. It's yeah. uh, I I feel embarrassed because that music is like so old, but um, yeah. Oh, thank you. Good. And then even Heaven, like. So it's just all of it's beautiful. So, what? and it also, you know how Spotify kind of like ventures you into other artists when you start listening to some, like listening to one artist. And so then I'm like now starting, like, I don't know. I'm oh, cool. a lot more good music just because of you. You know what I mean? Like, well, That's, I'm Spotify, of course. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> really Thank cool. you so much. 
Well, I think too, when you were talking about the radio department, for instance, you guys opened for them once at the, I forgot the venue now. Oh, um, at the independent. Yeah, at the and independent. And I was like shocked. I was like, dude, these guys are in love with the, you know, the radio department. <laughs> and they're fucking great. You know, this is an awesome chance for them. That to- was, um, yeah, that was a check off the list for sure. <laughs> like, a life, like a life. Yeah. Cause it, you know, it's, yeah, it's funny. Like Adam and I, we've talked about it a lot and we still talk about it because when we started the band, obviously, you know, we named our band after my bloody Valentine, Belinda Butcher from my bloody Valentine. We love that that band and that kind of music. But um, I think the rated department, which we discovered sort of at the same time, it was funny. Like when I first heard them, I was like, I got really upset because I was like, damn it. They, they already did what I, what I want to do. Like I had that (laughs) in my mind. I was like, this is the kind of music I want to make. And then I heard them and I was like, shit, they already did it. So in any case, I mean, we like, yeah, we love that band. Like that's like, you know, childhood like yeah we love that band so we went the first time we went to asia they happened to be doing the same tour that we were doing but just in opposite directions oh that sucks yeah well it, it ended up being cool because we we overlapped in taiwan yeah they played in taiwan in taipei the night before we played so we went to their show oh, that's and nice. um this is really kind of a funny story but when they obviously like i said before kids are so dumb and like i they released a record um called clinging to a scheme before they did that they released a single called david and Mm -hmm. it was it was very different in style from kind of what they did before and when i heard it i was like i don't know you know i was a really passionate kid so i was like this sucks like what are they doing? I hate this. And I emailed them and I was like, Hey guys, like what's going on? Like what, you know, what's the deal with this? And, um, one of the members of the band responded and they, you know, they gave like a very level headed, logical, you know, like actually, you know, you know, people's tastes change. We wanted to do something different. We've been doing the same kind of music for a long time. And I was kind of like, this is bullshit. Like, you know, I just want to hear the same stuff that I've been hearing. for Every time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously this is, you know, this happens with like almost every band. So anyway, we saw them in Taipei and I was like, Hey, I'm really sorry about this, but like, do you remember this email? And they were like, yeah, actually we do remember that. And yeah. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't even believe that I'm standing in front of you and I'm such an honor to even shake your hand and say hello. And they were like, they were super nice. I mean, they're, you know, they're Swedish. So they're like super, super kind. And, uh, they, yeah, they, I mean, they were really like encouraging and really, really nice. And we sort of kept in touch after that. Cause I think, yeah, it was, it was kind of hard to avoid because every venue we played at their poster would be up and our poster, they were just literally side by side, which is like, you know, a huge honor for us. So um, I think, you know, they went to the venues and sort of saw the same thing. And we, yeah, sort of kept in touch via email. And then they did a U.S. tour. And at that time, they were like, hey, you know, you guys are in San Francisco. If you want to open for us, like, we, we, you know, it would would be really cool. So, yeah, we jumped on it and did it. And then ever since then, we've sort of, yeah, become friends, which is like a trip. Now with that email that you sent, did you sign it, the Belinda Butchers at the end? Or just put your name. That's how they know. Yeah, because I, God, I, I, I take a dig at that email. I wonder where it is. But I mean, it was, you know, it was just such a stupid, like, I was such a rude, condescending person when I was younger. I feel so terrible. But I, you know, I was just like, 
what is going on? Like, and then I was like, yeah, you know, this is the political, but like, yeah, I, well, that's, so. I mean, that's cool. I mean, that happens to everybody. And, you know, that's a really good segue into what your record, you know, saying the same things that are happening to you now as a musician, you know, and just growing up and being like, hey, this might be different than what you're used to. But 100% like it's it's uh, I and I mean, that exchange for better or worse has stuck with me mm-hmm. throughout my entire quote unquote career. And um, it's 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 funny now because I that song that I was complaining about and that record is now my favorite of theirs. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's almost become richer because of that experience, but I I mean, I have so much more appreciation for people that um, go outside the box and try to do something different. Not, not to say that we're doing that, but I think, I don't know. I I think there's a natural desire to, you know, Mm want to expand and do something different, but yeah, I mean, it's something that we talk about a lot and, and I'm, not nervous so much, but I, I, I have a expectation that people will kind of be like, this sucks and I don't want to, you know, this band sucks and I don't want to hear this music anymore because it's not the same like what I remember. But I don't know. I think that's sort of just a casualty of um, doing this kind of stuff. Like if you want to grow personally, it's it's important to grow. I don't really know, like, I don't want to talk about myself in a way that I feel like, you know, that I'm influential or anything like that, but I... I don't know. I, I mean, it would be a really nice feeling to know that somebody heard something like that and felt that, you know, they're doing something cool or they dislike it. I mean, any any sort of reaction is mm-hmm. is really nice. Yeah. Well, and it's there's learning curves to anything. I think that's what I'm really figuring out early on and what I'm doing because I'm an artist and I'm trying to do this podcast thing, but I don't really know how to do it. And things sure. like you mess up. I mean, and it's like being OK with that and continuing to push forward and not letting it trip you up. And then like, even though you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that, or I can't believe I did that, or, you know, it's just like, it's just part of life and move forward and embrace. Totally. Yeah. I th- yeah. It's, it's weird to think that the, the sort of like the, the climate has changed a little bit just because everything's on the internet now. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, even when I was starting, things were still a little bit less, I think, aggressive with like transparency and how like everything is just there all the time. Um, but I mean, obviously, I mean, it was there, but yeah, now it's like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think about what sort of like younger people than me face in terms of like what they put on the internet. And I I mean, I would be like, I don't know, I guess it's kind of, yeah, it's worrisome, but sort of to what you were saying in terms of like being an artist and just trying it out a similar sort of story to the radio department thing that I've remembered the whole, you know, my entire quote unquote careers. The first time we met this band called the pains of being pure at heart they're a new york band yeah i know you know charlie they they're fantastic (laughs) they're amazing band and um we they 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 toured and went to san francisco and and we met them and it was i mean a really brief conversation but um i don't even remember what the question was but kip the 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 main guy from the band he was like well whatever you do just like you know just don't give up which is you know obviously very simple um very simple advice and i think you can get that pretty much from everywhere but it was really nice hearing it from him from somebody who i really admired because he was like yeah like you're gonna have these periods of time where you don't really know what you're doing or you feel like you're lost or you feel like you don't want to do it anymore but like just keep doing it because something you know whether you like it or not will happen and it's kind of more important to do it than to not do it and i've yeah i mean like i said it's very simple advice and it's i don't know if it's very specific but it's it stayed with me Mm -hmm. 
the whole, the whole time. Comes I, from I remember that. that. You know, people you look up to in a way, and you hear that coming from them too. And you're like, it's, it's more of a, like a, a draw for yourself to do more and kind of push harder, maybe. Totally. I, yeah, and I, I think I think there was a, a sense of like, well, yeah, it's really nice that he took the time to even say mm-hmm. that to me, and I, like, he, I know he he wouldn't care if I failed, but I I felt like I didn't want to let him down in a in a way, right. you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was very motivating for sure. That's cool. And with Destiny record, you know, the night the night and blur coming out. Is it May eighth? No. May eighth, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Like I, I think to that effect, like I realized that at a certain point that um I yeah, like I I've been doing this for about like ten years now and mm-hmm. I uh, I realized maybe about halfway that I don't really think that I can do anything else or no, or maybe not so much like I can't do anything else, but like, I, I kind of have to, this has to be a part of my life. Right. Yeah. Uh, because if I, if I walk away from it, which I've tried to do several times, it, it <laughs> has never ended well. So it's, I've always had to do something like music or just sort of something creative to uh, just keep going. And I think that's one, one thing that's kind of given me a little bit of peace and sort of stability because, um, it's it's made me feel you know for better or for worse like this is something that's really important to me right. and something that I feel like I don't know spiritually that I have to do and it's given me some relief and I think for other artists out there if 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 they can reach a point where they're like well I know this has to be a part of my life whether I'm going to make money or whether it's going to be successful or not you can kind of relieve a little bit of the tension of um you know, it's like you have a day job or whatever it might be, but as long as you're like, this is important to me and I have to do this, mm-hmm. and you set aside at least some time to do it, it's, um, yeah, it's it's been very helpful for me. We ain't, don't know what I did to make you hate me, but as long as I live, I'll wait for the day when you'll forgive me for being.